Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Jody Congdon is the owner of Hip to Heart, a birth and postpartum doula agency in the Boston area. She's also a postpartum doula and lactation educator trainer for Kappa and the creator of the Birth Boss series of business courses for birth and postpartum professionals. She's a girl mom times three, two were home births. She has two cats, a dog, and shares it all with her fantastic husband. Jody, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. So when I think about the building blocks for a successful business, which is what I want to talk about with you today, I think about all of the layers that go into building something really special. Before we get into this conversation about what those layers are, I would love for you to share your story of how you got started in birth work and how your business has evolved over the years. Yes. Um, So I think this is like a very common answer to the question of your why or how you got started. Um, 15 years ago, I had a baby and left thinking like there has to be more like, you know, I didn't do any prenatal education. And I realized after that, that that was fairly foolish, but they just send you off and they're like, you know, goodbye, good luck. And, you know, I guess if you need us come back, but like, who wants to come back? You're already home. So through like trial and error, and it, obviously it, it was fine. You know, she's 15 and thriving. Um, but I just thought to myself, and also my mother had died when I was younger, so I didn't have that support. And my friends were still like, you know, puking in cabs, like I was young. <laughs> um, so I just felt like I was doing it, you know, sort of like navigating this like thing I was that I was not familiar with. Um, I, I'd like to think of myself as fairly intelligent, fairly intuitive. So, you know, we lived through it, but it would have been nice to have someone like at my house like saying, okay, here's a good spot to feed your baby. Like, here's a good time to make lunch, then shower. Like, here's how to get up and get out of the house. Like, like, oh, breastfeeding's not going great. You know, try this. But like, I didn't want to schlep her somewhere. Like, I didn't want it. I wanted to be home in my nest, you know, like, so uh, three months, you know, later, I go back to work for like a minute, and I get laid off. And then I was like, devastated for another minute. And then I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Because you know what? I could be like, this could be something I'm, I'm passionate about this. And then I realized a good friend of mine from high school, her mother, I didn't know it was called a postpartum doula. I'm like, Oh my God, I know someone I think who does this. I asked her a few questions, flew down to North Carolina, took a training. And that was the beginning. You know me, I'm a hustler, dove in, like worked the hours that, you know, were good for me. Um, added a little bit more, maybe like added a class, became a trainer. And like through the years, I just kind of figured out what my clients needed. And I added that to my business. And then another layer is as I'm training these doulas, I figured out what they needed past my training and then added that into my business too. So I care for the new parent community, but I also care very much for the birth and postpartum professional community and have built a business on, you know, really taking care of both of those sides. 
Yeah. So I think what happened with you is like you're you're first meeting your own needs, right? Like following your why, following your passion mm -hmm. and and really sort of like leading with your heart. And then sort of the next step was actually paying attention to what was going on and then like following the lead of your clients and the women that you were supporting training to become postpartum doulas. Right. And, and right. those were the building blocks that, that led you to grow, which I think is probably the way that all businesses grow. And we don't just like break it down and think about it too often. Right. right? But, but and I think I the ones that, that don't grow, you. the ones that don't grow, they're not paying attention to their audience. They're not paying attention to the market, what the needs are. They're not listening. They're not looking to find out what the needs are. And you have to be like eyes open all the time and ears open because people ask questions and they talk and they, you know, look for stuff, especially like on Facebook, right? Um, swoop in and, and be the person that, you know, kind of fulfills that request. Or you think to yourself, hmm, I've seen this request come, you know, five times in the last month, there must not be this course, or there must not be this caretaker or whatever. And then I like figure out a way to be that, you know, um, add that to my business. And obviously, if five people need it, there's 500 people that need it. Yeah. So when we were coming up with the sort of outline for this podcast, I was thinking about what the actual building blocks to a successful business are. And I wrote down about seven of them and I'd love to yep. sort of break them down with you. Do it. The first one, the first one that I came up with, which I feel like you already addressed beautifully is having your why and, mm -hmm. and maybe even more importantly, your story nailed down, which I love that. Like we sort of just talked about that, right? Like your yep. story of why you get into the business that you're in is like so instrumental to how you present yourself to yeah. your ideal audience, right? Yeah. I mean, I was both of those people. I was that new parent that needed guidance, right? So now I am taking care of other new parents and I have a team of other doulas who are doing that, you know, as well. Um, and then I was also that doula or that, you know, birth professional who started a business but then kind of was like, okay, where am I taking this? Like, how am I utilizing like the number of hours in the day that I'm available? How much money can I make in those hours? Okay, like, I really don't like that number. It's a little low. Um, I need to pay my bills. My daughter needs to go to school, all these things. Um, you know, what else can I add in? So what I do now really started with like my own needs. And then I realized, you know, there were so many more people out there that had those needs, whether it was new parent or, you know, professional. Um, so it, yeah, I mean, it, it was a very organic start, actually. Um, so I fulfilled my needs and then, you know, shot it out to the community. <laughs> yeah. So another one of the sort of like basic building blocks that I think of that are sort of crucial to having a successful business is really understanding who is your ideal client? Mm. Um, I think for a lot of new entrepreneurs, this feels really challenging because you want anybody who's willing to pay you to be your client, right? Like you're not looking- In the beginning, choosing. yes. In the beginning, I said yes to every and all. And then as you, you know, start working with more and more people, you realize which clients are not going to be a good fit for you. Um, it is easy to tell red flags in the beginning of a client that may not be, you know, your ideal client. But I think like you can set out, you know, 
write down the attributes of your ideal client. And that's the person that you're going after. Like that's the person you're marketing to. That doesn't mean you're going to say no to everybody else, right? There's so many other people that would be a good fit for your business, but you can't speak to everyone. You can't market to everyone. So I think you have to kind of pare it down to a very, very specific ideal person, but be open obviously to other people that are going to need your services and that are going to be, you know, a, a great fit. And I think you made a good point that I want to sort of highlight in case people didn't realize how great of a point this is while they're listening, mm -hmm. that the purpose of honing in on like who your ideal client is, th the purpose of that is not to say no to people that you don't want to work with. The purpose is to really tailor your language so that you're connecting with your mm -hmm. ideal audience, right? If you're speaking so broadly it's really hard for anybody to feel personally connected to your messaging. But when you right. sort of narrow down the way that you're speaking to someone, because you're speaking to someone very specific, those people are then attracted to your messaging and then right. they come to you. And that's what I think people don't understand in the beginning is that, you know, they just say, well, I'm willing to work with anyone. Sure. We're all willing to work with anyone, at least in the beginning of our, our careers, but how are you going to reach those people that you want mm -hmm. to be working with, you have to speak to them, right? Right. And I think like our industry specifically, our clients don't really know what they need sometimes. And so if we're throwing out 50 things that might be like, you know, something that they might need, they're going to be overwhelmed. and They're going to be like, is this for me? I don't really know. Um, but if you're very specific, and they hear that, and they're like, that is exactly what I'm looking for that's where you need to focus. You need to be very specific. And, you know, a lot of times clients will be like, you know, what's the best thing for me? Um, and they don't want you to say like, whatever you need, they want you to say, I think A, B and C are what, you know, would be exactly what you need to thrive. Because they don't know, they've never done this before. Like they've never needed a sleep consultant, they've never had a baby and needed a doula. So they're unsure. So you have to present something to them that is exactly what will take them from where they are to where they want to be um, without the confusion of having to choose too many things. Yeah. So let's talk about how you actually market and, and connect with your ideal client. I guess we should probably talk about like where to do that, right? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Where to do that and how to do that. So for me, I've always connected with people online that feels... Mm -hmm. That feels easiest for me because like the world is your oyster on the internet. And, yep. you know, and I always tell people, I, people who listen to this podcast or listen to me talk wherever, they will know I say this all the time. I think that social media is very, very, um, it's an amazing tool if you're using it in the way that it was originally intended to be used, which is to make social connections. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm on Facebook, I'm not necessarily just like blasting flyers of my services. I'm not just right. saying like, hey, hire me, hire me. What I'm doing is I'm actually using Facebook to connect with people that I wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with. Right. right. No and one's going to no one's going to want you when you're just selling, 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 saying hire me like the hard sell like that. It's very unattractive. I think it's, you know, feels doesn't feel good, doesn't feel genuine. And you know, again, taking it back to like our industry specific, people need personal recommendations, you are in their home, you are spending time with their baby, you are consulting them, whether it's, you know, in person or not, um, about their most precious assets. So to know you and trust you and, and 
that comes that does not come with the direct sale that comes with the connection piece that you're talking about. And that's really important because they will eventually get to know what you're selling, get to know your services, your classes, your courses, whatever. Um, but it, that takes a little bit of time and finesse too. One thing that I like to do for my Center for Pediatric Sleep Management graduates is I like to recommend them in situations where I feel like they are the best fit, right? Or yep. even if it's just location specific. So a lot of the ladies that take my program are postpartum doulas or newborn care specialists. And I'm in all of those Facebook groups for yep. doulas and NCSs. And I'll see a post that'll say, you know, looking for a postpartum doula in LA yep. or whatever. And I have a spreadsheet of all of my students and graduates and where they live. And I go to my spreadsheet and I'm like, who lives in LA? And I tag them there because uh, what I'm doing is I'm vouching for them. Right. Yes. And, and mm -hmm. that happens because I've gotten to know them and I trust them and I wouldn't tag them if I didn't think that they were going to do a good job. Right. Right. And, right. And so that's what I'm always telling my students and graduates to like, get out there and make those connections so that other people besides me will, right. will refer you and will tag Networking you. Is like everything everything. So I'm yep. constantly, constantly referring people in situations where I feel that, you know, they would benefit from that. And like what goes around comes around, right? Like right. I have people tagging me in Facebook groups for threads on people who are struggling with their kids sleep, right? And the more right. people that I have relationships with, and that I'm helping them, then the more that they help me. And we get to know like what sort of jobs people are looking for, what sort of jobs people would be a good fit for. Yep. And we're naturally supporting each other in our businesses. And, and to me, like that's marketing. It is right. But it, I think it all comes down to trust too. Like, what I love about networking and connecting with people is that when my chiropractor makes a referral to one of her patients for a postpartum doula, they already know they're going to hire me, right? It's just a matter of, you know, talking about schedule and finding a fit. When I refer someone online, let's say it's, you know, in LA, um, I've trained people all over the country. The person that I'm referring them to, they know me, they already trust me. They, they know that I would never like throw a name out that I didn't think would do like 110%. Um, so that I think is huge, just the connections you make and those relationships that you, you know, kind of grow over the years, the trust is already there. Like, they don't need to really like get down the nitty gritty and interview them. And, and you've done them a favor because you've saved that person time. They don't need to post all over Facebook. They can say like, Hey, Jane, what do you got in Chicago? You know, so it's, it's so beneficial for, for you, for the person who's asking and for the sleep consultant that you're referring, you know, so you're just, you're, you're helping like everyone. Let's talk about brand identity. Um, this, I feel like we could talk about it on like a really basic level, right? Like mm -hmm. having a brand name, a logo, some colors, right? Yep. But then brand identity is also bigger than that, right? Like mm -hmm. if you have a really successful and well-positioned brand, I think through your branding, people start to understand your why and like who you are and what you stand yep. for and how you support people, right? So how do you get there? How do you get from like a logo to people understanding what you're all about? I think you just have to be vocal. Um, you know, blogs are great. Instagram posts are great, but you know, you got to throw yourself on stories. You got to, you know, be a guest on a podcast. You got to go live. People need to see your face because that 
you know, we're not like Amazon, right? We don't have a thousand trillion workers like I'm hip to heart, you know, like that is all this, you know, you guys can't see me, but I'm like, you know, pointing to my face um, <laughs> that I'm out there. Right. So that kind of, for me is brand recognition. Like I'm, you know, connecting with people, linking myself, you can see my logo and that's great. You know, I wear my like hip to heart hoodie sometimes and people comment on it in the grocery line, but like your face is your business. Like that is your best asset and the things that come out of your mouth. Um, so you got to just get out there. You got to connect with people. You have to be vocal, talk about your why, talk about your services, talk about your clients. I mean, in a way that's like obviously confidential. Um, but I meant like more like scenarios and things that you do. Like, I also love like when you post your text threads, like that is the face of your business. Like that is what is happening real time. So people get a feel for the work that you're doing and how your clients respond to that. Like your relationship with your clients is everything, right? You're not just like, boop, boop, boop. I'm going to type you up a sleep plan. Um, it's this constant back and forth. And, and that is you. So when someone wants to either take your course or hire you for their family, they've seen all that. They already have that level of comfort. So, and that's your brand. That's your business. It doesn't, it's not just your name and logo. It's you. Yeah. So I've heard, you know, it's interesting, like my, my sleep consulting business, it's called snooze fest, snooze yeah. fest by Jane Havens, but people don't say like, you have to, you have to call snooze fest or you have to hire snooze fest. People say like, call Jane. You have to hire Jane. Yep. Right. And, yeah. and I hear that actually for center for pediatric sleep management, it sort of has a similar vibe. And I guess it's because of the way that I market myself and it's the way that I connect with my ideal audience is like people will say like you have to take jane's course right like, right, you'll right. Love i jane's never hear course. anyone say the name <laughs> right right and and i and that's okay i'm okay with that because i am the brand i am the face and when you decide to hire me whether it's for one-on-one -on -one support through sleep training or whether to decide to take my course to get trained to become a sleep consultant ultimately people know that they're going to be well taken care of by me, by Jane. Right, 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 and that, right, right. And that's sort of like the whole vibe that I've worked very hard to create. And and that is the brand, right? The brand is like, you're going to be supported. And right? that's so, no matter what. so important. So important. Like you're, you are the face of, and you have a similar thing going on as me. Like we care for families, but we also, you know, work with professionals. So um, your face is like all over the place, but that makes a huge, huge difference. So the next thing I had written down was customer service, which I think le lends perfectly, leads perfectly from our last point that like, yeah, you have to actually like do a good job and you have to support people well and, and holy, right? Like have, you have to I have, I have a degree. Good. I have a degree in hospitality. So if I do so a do bad I. job. Well, actually, no, I don't. I if actually I do a bad job a on that. Like, I just have a former career. Terrible. I have a former career in hospitality. Never actually. Oh, didn't it, we but... like do the same yeah. thing? We were both. Event yeah, we, yeah. Yes. We Jody and I have talked about this. We're both former event planners. And I actually think that that's why we are good at what we do, because it's a combination of like our hospitality mentality mm -hmm. and then also like our attention to detail. Right. Like, well, it's also taking 50 things that are all over the place. And then at the end of the day, making one grand event, right? Like that is yeah. precisely what we both do in different scenarios. But yes, no, I, I hospitality, like it comes in 
clutch, just knowing like, you know, what to say, how to act, how to react, because things aren't always roses, right? Um, how to connect with people, how to talk people off the ledge, like all of those things are really important, um, just in life, but also, you know, the, the clientele that we work with, um, they need that, that they need that extra, 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 extra. Yeah. And going back to sort of our, our pasts in events, you know, when I think about how to execute an event, I'm thinking about from beginning to end and the entire experience being Mm -hmm. a positive one for the end client. Right. And you want them to feel comfortable, confident, secure, excited, Mm -hmm. all of those things. Right. And I feel like we're doing the same thing, uh, supporting families and then also supporting those who go through our programming is that we want that we want the customer service experience to be top notch. Right. 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 Um, And for those listening who are either wanting to become a sleep consultant or are already a sleep consultant, or even this applies to those that are working, supporting families postpartum, whether they're doulas and CSs, like you want them to have an incredible experience because Mm -hmm. when, when customer service is high and when they have a good experience, that's how you get referrals, right? Right. So, so that's how your business grows. Right. I mean, that is the number one way your business will grow and thrive is word of mouth referrals from clients, but also from other professionals that those clients are then going in and talking to you about. So, you know, one of our clients, let's say they go for their, you know, OB appointment, whatever. And the OB says, like, how are things going? Things are going phenomenal because, you know, our postpartum doula, blah, blah, blah. And then OB is intrigued, like, oh, okay, like, I haven't heard of her or oh, I have heard of her. And yes, like we have clients coming in all the time talking about her that sparks something in that practitioner, like, oh, maybe I should reach out to Jody and connect because I would love to have someone that I know and trust, right, to talk about two patients when they don't come in and say they're having a great, you know, postpartum experience. Um, so it's all word of mouth. Build really fast when your clients talk about you, not just to their friends and coworkers who are also like pregnant or had babies. Um, but to their practitioners who we know have a large captive audience of our ideal clients. Yeah. And you know, those, those connections, you never know when, when somebody is going to refer you, you know, I actually, my pediatrician has known that I'm a sleep consultant. I don't know, since I told her however many years ago, and we've never really had a detailed conversation about it. She's never seen like seemed particularly over the top interested. And it's been fine. I haven't, I haven't like needed her as a referral source. So it's okay. Right. Um, I've never pushed it. And the other day, I just got an email from a local private preschool that wants to do a talk on, you know, toddler and preschooler sleep. And she got my name from my pediatrician. And I was like, okay, there you go. Like, I didn't think that my pediatrician was into this kind of stuff. And here she is referring me, right? So um, just always making sure that your name is out there, always making sure that you're supporting families at a high level. Look, maybe, and I don't know, I'm going to ask her when I go in for my daughter's six-year well visit, I'm going to ask her, but maybe what happened is that I supported someone locally who also goes to her. Yeah. And maybe that family said, like, we were struggling with sleep. We hired this person. Her name's Jane Havens. She changed our lives. And then maybe a bell went off in her head, like, oh my gosh. Her kids are my patients. She's totally told me that she's a sleep consultant. 
Like yep. now I actually know somebody. You never know. You never know. So like, that's why you always have to put your best foot forward because, you know, somebody who maybe wasn't interested in you for the past three years now is hearing your name and they're like, oh, who is this person? Maybe I should pay attention. I know. Sometimes it just clicks. Like you don't give it much thought for, you know, a year or two or three and then it clicks and then you, you know, are in a conversation where you're like, oh, I do have a resource. Like I do have a name to give you. Let's talk about systems. Um, this is something that I'm not great with, admittedly. Um, this is my favorite thing. So good. Right. <laughs> this is why this is why you and I are a good match. Um, I really struggle with systems. I just like to sort of fly by the seat of my pants and mm -hmm. just like do the best I can every single day. And I try to just like fit it all in and make it work. But mm -hmm. I recognize that that's maybe not the best strategy. Um, for somebody that's maybe just getting started in this line of work, what would you say are some like really basic systems that you could put into place so that work feels more manageable? So I think like a good initial investment is some sort of client management software. Um, I use Dubsado, but having all your clients in one place where you can look on your computer, look on your phone, um, there's intake forms that I've, you know, integrated into that. Um, my contracts, my invoices, everything is through that. So everything's in one place. I don't have papers flying everywhere, like stuff I can't find a posted here and there. And of course, yeah, no, I mean, so I'm I waving have, papers around. <laughs> I, do, I do have a lot of post-its here and there. I'm waving my post-it pad. Um, but that's just stuff like day-to-day -day stuff. The core of my business is all easily accessible. And what's perfect is I can find stuff all the time. I can send things off to the doulas that are going to be caring for these families, you know, and, and they can't lose it because they can access it anytime or I can resend it. Um, but it's easy for the client. Like I have it set up where it's automated. Once I personally chat with them because none of that is automated. Um, you know, that has to be very personal because we talk about different things. And I like to say in my like, thank you emails or follow up emails, you know, it was lovely to talk about A, B and C like, I was talking to someone last night, we had the same, literally the same cat and the same dog, like, and they're, they're rare looking cats. And like, a, my, I have a German shepherd who just is like skinny and doesn't have a lot of hair. Like, it's just crazy. I'm like, Oh my God, we share pets. Um, that will be a, a connection point of ours. So, you know, like I might throw a picture in an email or just something that, you know, is super personal. So that part's not automated, but, um, once they want to move forward, I can send the contract with one press on my phone. They sign it all online. They don't have to print anything out. As soon as that's signed, I can go in and sign it. They get the invoice for the deposit. As soon as that's paid, they get the intake form. And it's all online. So it's so easy for me, but it's so user-friendly for them. They can do it also in the pickup line at preschool, you know, while their baby's in the back. Like they... So that I think is huge. It saves me time, energy, money. It's easy for the client. They have a good experience before I even get to their house. They've had a really easy, you know, experience with me. Yeah. So I and, think that automation is, it's really important for you to like, to be able to grow your business, to be organized. Mm -hmm. But I think you raise a really good point that automation is also really good for our end client yeah. because having systems in place where everything is just step by step by step by step uh, yeah. makes makes it just sort of less stressful for them. Um, and, and your you clients know. are exhausted. They don't want to be yeah. moving out stuff, trying to find it, sign it. Like they want to like take their finger and be like, boop, sign, 
sign and done. Like that, totally. they want the easiest way to get to you, like starting the services. Totally. And for those who are listening, who, you know, I say that I have no systems in place. I do, you know, like when somebody, right, right, right. When somebody signs on to work with me as a sleep consultant, they actually electronically sign the contract right then and there. They click, click a little box, type their name in it's done, you know, upon them paying a little pop-up pops up with them to fill out the form. If they miss that pop-up, it gets emailed to them. So I do, I do have some systems in place, but then probably not to the level that I should considering where my business is operating. But, you know, on the most basic level, I think systems are really beneficial both for the business owner and for the end client, which Jody, you so smartly pointed out. Uh, The last thing that I wanted to talk about as far as like the building blocks of a successful business are the last thing that I wrote down is like investment, being willing Mm -hmm. to continue to invest in yourself. This is something that I find that a lot of brand new entrepreneurs are so scared to spend any money, like before Mm -hmm. they've started really making any money, which is understandable. Uh, But I also I see it from the other side. Um, You know, every single time that I've ever made an investment in my business, it's always been like a huge return on investment for me, right? Um, Even if not financially, then it's been like such a huge learning lesson that I still consider it to be a win, right? So like, even if you don't get financial gain from the from the investment, there's some sort of other win to be had somewhere, right? And I think that that's all really, really important. Would you agree? I do. I do. And, And I think investing in your business is investing in yourself, right? Like you're saying, I have like, I am taking stock in myself that I will, you know, do a good job and continue to grow my business the way I want to. Um, If in the very beginning, someone doesn't have any money to invest, you know, that's okay. I will say then your very first investment has to be time, right? Because that is worth something. So you need to invest however much time you can each week to start to think about the foundations of your business, start to think about where you want it to go a year from now. What are your goals? Where do you want to be? If your goal is just to have two clients every month, then we will figure out a way to to get you there. But you have to sit down, take time out of working in your business, which is a little less revenue. So that is your investment, right? Um, to work on your business. Now, for someone who has worked a little bit and saved a little bit, investing in, you know, a course or a book or um hiring someone to consult with, you know, just so you can expedite the foundation piece, getting on the right path. You don't have to trial and error. I mean, I spent probably three or four years setting up my agency to where it runs like a well-oiled machine. I have figured out the best way to talk to clients, talk to doulas, invoice clients, get invoices from doulas, pay the doula. Like, all the things that used to take me so much more time and energy, I, I probably a solid three, maybe four years to perfect it all. And again, you know, my entrepreneurial mind was like, okay, I know a lot of other people who are thinking about starting an agency, kind of doing the same thing as me. I could take those four years of trial and error and learning and, you know, failure and success and blood, sweat and tears and money. Um, and create some sort of course that's like this neatly packaged with a bow done for you so you can take the course and then fly out of the gate, right? So yeah, 
a, the littlest investment, it could be time, but it's you have to invest in yourself. Otherwise, you I mean, you're not thinking like you're going to succeed, right? If you're not willing to even invest time, then what's the point? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I actually, you know, when you were talking about investing time, I was thinking about two Center for Pediatric Sleep Management grads, one of whom invested a lot of money like to start up her business. She paid somebody to create her a beautiful website. She hired somebody separate to create this whole like branding look for her. You know, she really sort of like invested financially in herself and in her business to set mm -hmm. up, you know, to set herself up. And then I'm thinking of somebody else who chose not to go that route, but she literally invests so much time. She's yep. on YouTube learning how to make a website. She's on YouTube learning how to use her uh, email marketing, you know, platform, uh, yep. figuring out how to make freebies and opt-ins and this and that and eBooks and guides. And like yep. the end result is actually the same. Like they're both really, really successful, but one invested more money, one invested more time, but they've both invested in themselves. Wholly. Which is an equal investment because yeah. if you think about, you know, here's how, and I know you feel the same way. Here's how I decide if I'm going to invest time or money. You know, how much time is it going to take me? What am I worth per hour, right? If I'm trying to figure out something that's going to take me four hours, if someone's going to charge me, you know, 500 bucks for it, I'm going to go with that because they know what they're doing, right? They're going to do it in a timely fashion and better than you because you don't know how to do it better than me, but take that four hours and try to watch some tutorials. There's no guarantees that it's going to come out right. And then I probably will have to eventually hire someone anyway. Um, so I always weigh like the, the, the time versus, you know, monetary investment. And sometimes it's time because there are things that I'm passionate about that I love to learn and do for myself. And then there are things like, you know, Dubsado setup where I looked at it for 10 seconds and I was like, this is beyond anything that I am capable of. <laughs> um, I'm going to pay someone. But for something like that, I paid them, but I also sat next to them. I was like, I want you to do it, but I want to, I want to see what you're doing. Cause I don't want to pay you every time I need to fix or update. Um, so that is like, for me, the perfect combo. Like I want someone to do it, but I want to also learn. So then I can do like the upkeep piece. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that. Where do you find that entrepreneurs get the most stuck? Um, where do you see people getting held back? When they get to a certain point, when they're too busy for their own two hands and they have no clue where to go. So at first they start saying no to a lot of business and then they realize how terrible that feels because a they're leaving money on the table and b they're missing out you know caring for clients and having their business attached to that um so it's either like a huge scale back or like a huge leap forward but it takes them a bit of time to figure out which way it's going to be um so that it's that's usually i think people have probably expected me to say like after they take a training, like, how do they start a business? I mean, you can Google a lot of that. There's like, some easy ways to to get yourself going. And it could be just nothing formal taking a client then taking two then taking three. Um, but it's in the growth stage, where there's a fork in the road, like, and you know, do you take a leap of faith and know you're, you know, gonna kick butt? And I don't know if I can say a swear yeah. on your podcast. Um, 
Or am I going to just scale back and think to myself, like, I'm only capable of this much. So we're going to just only do this much. Yeah. Um, and, and what do you think, can you share maybe like a big do and a big don't when it comes to entrepreneurship? Um, yes. and, and if so, like share the bad one first so that we can end on. All right. Note. Yes. The bad one. Um, I created this thing called lifestyle mapping and basically what it is, is writing down or figuring out every obligation you have and then only backfilling with business stuff. So the, the purpose of that is never, you know, backing down from business obligations, never feeling like you're too overwhelmed or too busy to fulfill business stuff, right? Because there are things, you know, pick up, drop off, soccer, like all the things that I have to do during the day are times where I have blocked off. I cannot be doing work stuff. So right now that takes me away from hands-on care. So I'm not going to book three births this month in a postpartum client. Because then I'm going to be stressed out about who's picking up the kids. Am I going to get home in time? What's going to be for dinner? And then I'm going to lose my mind, get burned out and be like, I'm done with all of this. So the don't, so the don't is like, the don't, the don't is put your business first on your schedule. If you got nothing going on, then you can put your business first. Um, But a lot of us have, you know, families and obligations and pets. And some of us have other jobs, right? Some people, this is like their side gig. So they have to put their full-time thing first. Um, I, you know, there are some doulas who also, you know, care for their parents or, you know, have other obligations, not necessarily like a nine to five. Um, So the don't is bite off more than you can chew, but there's a way that you can guarantee that that doesn't happen. Um, So that's important because you want this to be, sustainable you want whether it's your doula business or your sleep consulting business you want it to be something that you can continue doing that will ultimately grow and you can keep doing like I plan on doing this I mean what's retirement I could do this from Florida when I retire and that's a long way away (laughs) but I could really do this from anywhere so it's like I have created something that is very flexible my kids might at some point start join or whatever um but yeah, it's because I'm very smart about the time that I'm able to dedicate. Um, and so if you have a crazy busy schedule, I mean, the sleep consulting piece is genius, right? You are available via text for your clients during the day, but you can do all your sleep plans at night, right? Like my most productive time is 10pm to 1am. Clearly, I'm not going to be, you know, caring for clients at that time, right? I'm not going to be talking to them. But I talked to my doulas at that time because they're working overnight. I do all my contracts. I do all my scheduling, invoicing, payroll, everything at that time. Um, so I've created it where it's the perfect time for me. Everyone else is sleeping. I don't have to drop off, pick up. That's it. And what's uh, so the do? The- what's what's your what's your like number one do for new entrepreneurs? Um, do not doubt yourself. Um, <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm trying to think of another way to put it where it starts with do and does not have the not in it. Um, <laughs> How about just like trust yourself? <laughs> yes, yes, you can do this. If you want it, go for it. Um, and I think that people are more afraid of success than they are of failure. Like, you know, you're the second I, person to say that I to fail, me. Fail, I'll do something else. But like, what if I'm successful? What if this blows up? What if I, you know, have more clients coming in than I can take. Like, so they're afraid to progress and move forward because they don't want to be overwhelmed. Um, 
And there are ways that you can grow and scale and progress and do all those things and not feel overwhelmed. Um, and it doesn't have to be taking on 50 more clients or it doesn't have to be saying no to clients either. Um, so there's, you know, passive income, digital courses, creating an agency, having a contract. I mean, like all of these things we can do to grow our business, but not have to invest more of our time, right? Because that's the one thing I think that we're afraid of is that we're going to be pulled in two directions. Yes. And too busy for the obligations that we should have put first on our calendar. Like, and I mean, I like to be home making dinner. Um, I don't want to get takeout. And sometimes that's 20 minutes of, you know, a box of mac and cheese. And sometimes it's two hours of like creating something better. Um, but that's important <laughs> to me. That's important to me. I want to be home at the table, like eating something, you know, semi-healthy and delicious with my family. Not every single night, but most nights. Um, but if I was working crazy hours, then I, I wouldn't have that. Um, they would resent me. I would resent, you know, the work. Um, and it's just a lose-lose. So do not be afraid of success. There are ways to navigate growth without the overwhelm. Yeah. So way to tee me up for my last question, which is why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now? I know that you have a program where you're teaching people to sort of start their own agency, right? I'm wondering if you've had anybody in the program who is creating a sleep consulting agency? And if not, would the program be relevant for that? I have, I have, um, have, I've had people, I think that are your graduates that are also doing postpartum doula and sleep consulting. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, if anyone is just doing sleep consulting, I have someone doing sleep consulting and some other newborn and toddler stuff, not postpartum doula. Um, but absolutely, absolutely. You can create, you know, an agency model with contractors for just sleep consulting, um, cause I'm sure, you know, there is more than enough business to keep yourself busy, but to also keep your business busy, which would be, you know, incorporating other contractors. Um, so that is a big part of my business is helping people transition their solo business into an agency. Um, and I'm about to launch the birth boss Academy. So I've had two offers for a couple of years. One was just a membership. It was a 12 month membership of resources. Um, and the other was a six week live, um, sort of like a mastermind where it's not for someone just starting out. It's for someone who has gotten the ball rolling, but needs to really like level up a bit. Um, and it's networking, it's social media, it's creating systems, it's financials, it's, it's all of that. So it's really setting up your business for long-term success. But what I did with Birth Boss Academy, because my biggest complaint was, and this is where I'm listening to my audience. They don't want to wait 12 months for something. They want all the resources now because they're hustlers, right? They want to get their business rolling and just take off. Um, so I've combined them. It's called the Birth Boss Academy. It is six weeks of live education training, but all the sources from the 12 months are divided up into the six weeks. So it's really accelerated, super deep, deep dive into all of these um components of your business uh, with office hours and lots of time for Q&A and implementation. Um, so a little different than what I've been offering, but I'm just listening to what people are wanting um, and just change it up a little bit, kind of merge two of my best selling courses into one. Perfect. And where can everybody find you? I know your website, hiptoheart.com, right? Hiptoheart.com. Yep. I'm on Instagram, hiptoheart. 
Um, and I have an incredible Facebook group. It's called Business for Birth and Postpartum for Professionals. Um, and it's where like most of my time is spent. That's my community. Those are my, you know, birth and postpartum professionals that are looking for ways to, you know, start their business, grow their business, scale their business. Um, and it's a great group. It's, it's a lot of me educating, but it's a lot of people who have taken it upon themselves to comment on things, you know, start some conversations. Uh, it's a lot of giving and a lot of getting too. Awesome. Jody. thank you so much for chatting with me today. I will leave all of your information in the show notes and uh, it's always a pleasure. It's always fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.